This is Everyday Wellness, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve your health and wellness goals and provide practical strategies that you can use in your real life. And now, here is your host, nurse practitioner Cynthia Thurlow. Well, today I am delighted and excited to have Sean Wells. He's the world's leading nutritional biochemist and expert on health optimization. He's also a biohacker. He has formulated over 500 supplements, foods, beverages, cosmeceuticals, and patented 10 novel ingredients, and is known as the ingredientologist, the scientist of ingredients. Welcome. I'm so excited to have you here this morning. We were just talking before we started recording about how is life in your part of the world? I think in the Dallas area in Texas, it's a little bit more lax. It's just the way Texas is, right? We're kind of like our own little country, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's talk of even secession, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, that's just the way Texas rolls. But yeah, it's been an adjustment. I've been traveling still over the last couple months you know, going to small get togethers. I still crave some travel. I was supposed to be traveling 300 days this year. And honestly, I feel blessed about COVID that it happened and really shut everything down because I am a biohacker and I am a formulator and I've learned all these things to, because I've had health issues, because I've had autoimmune shut me down for six months where I couldn't get out of bed with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, Epstein-Barr, Hashimoto's. It hit me all at once because I was going so hard. And more recently, I've still been going hard. Like I was achievement focused. You know, I have all the letters after my name. I was trying to get on bigger and bigger TV shows and podcasts and you know, driving. And sometimes I don't even know why I'm driving so hard. And I give a lot of myself away. And that's something that I've always been proud of. Like, I'm just, I think I've always been seeking that attention and love through this mode of being. And it was only this year that I really stopped and like went inward. And I started working with a Byron Katie style therapist. I started working with hypnotherapist. I started doing plant medicine I've done about six different journeys just this year and everything has changed for me. (laughs) Like I I feel I've started doing microdosing, and that's helped change my outlook. It's just getting back to your higher self, your inner self, and maybe less of this, I don't know, down in Peru, the Peruvian culture, they talk about the Puma energy. It's kind of that like male, like go get it. Like we need to, you know, conquer and, stay in fight mode. And then there's the snake energy, which is like when you're kind of shedding your skin and you're in transition. And then there's the condor energy. And the condor energy is like when you're just kind of at a strategic level and thinking more big picture and and seeing things in a less angry, argumentative way, maybe like, you know, some of the stuff that's going on right now, no matter where you fall with politics or where you fall with masks or all these things going on right now, rioting, and people are just angry. And a lot of it is because they're, they feel repressed. And there's literally like a bifurcation that's happening right now in humanity of, of people going into kind of the granularity and living in kind of anger and fear. And then there's people that are going more condor. <laughs> 
that are right now are using this time to search themselves and have like deeper connections and really valuing having gratitude for what's in their life. And I feel like that's changed for me. Like I really felt like March, 2020 was that fork in the road and I chose to go right instead of go left. And I did a lot of inner work. I'm actually looking to remove the word work from my vocabulary because I want to think about the things that I do, whether it's going inward or what I do from nine to five or the connections I make. I want it all to feel like play, like I'm seeking play and things are creative and enjoyable and the relationships I have are creative and enjoyable and that's what I'm seeking right now. I'm, I'm really shifting my paradigm. And so for me, 2020 has actually been a great year. I know there's been a lot of turmoil and people have uh, dealt with a lot of adversity. And so that's not always good. But in that kind of obstacles, the way type thinking, I think it is great for me in terms of building my resilience and having me go back and redefine what it is I want out of life without me having like some pivotal heart attack or something where like my whole world gets shaken up like that. So I'm actually thankful for this year. Well, I am of the belief and the mindset that, you know, the world or the life is always, the glass is always half full. And so I look at, I too look at 2020 as a blessing and I was doing a ton of travel as was my husband. And so everything came to a screeching halt in March, like it did for most people that are listening and it allowed us an opportunity to really reprioritize what we wanted to be doing. I mean, we live in a very affluent, expensive rat race kind of part of the United States. And we just decided the summer we were going to sell our house mm -hmm. and we got it under contract in one day, which is, you know, the universe is telling you you're on the right path, shocked our entire family. And we're moving to a less population dense part of the state. My husband wasn't ready to move too far south and we just want a simpler life. And the thing that's been interesting for me, much to your point about some of the things that you've been doing, it's been a path of discovery, you know, really investing in yourself as an individual, your mindset, you know, what direction you want to take your life in, what do you really value? And it's all about less stuff and more substance. And so I have two teenagers at home. And we have had more time with our boys in the past seven months than I recall in a long, long time. And so I look at it as such a tremendous blessing because in a few years, God willing, they're going to, you know, leave the nest and, you know, become hopefully, you know, strong, independent, intelligent young adults. And, you know, we won't ever get this time back. And I think when we get busy, when we get on that hamster wheel, when we, you know, it's like we're looking for that golden ring. We're just keep searching. It's like we're never really processing and satisfied where we are. We're just continuing to look forward. What a blessing. I like the condor. I'm going to use that analogy from now on. I want to be the condor. I think that's so critical. You did mention one of my favorite, favorite inspirational people, Byron Katie. So what an incredible opportunity. Can you share with listeners, you know, what, if you're not familiar with Byron Katie, I think she's incredible. In fact, the first time I became aware of her was on a, she was interviewed on a podcast and I never listened to podcasts twice. You just listen to him once. Absolutely. Twice, never. But I was so inspired. I then read several of her books and ironically, the next private one-on-one -on -one client I got was also an avid Byron Katie aficionado. So share with the listeners, 
you know, what she embraces and what her tenants are, because I think there's so much value in the way that she, you know, views the world and the way that we view our existence. Yeah, she's at thework.com. And maybe that's the only thing I don't like about Byron Katie is that it's called the work. And sometimes I think when you think that way, then it can feel like it's work to mm-hmm. do that self-discovery and, and go inward. But everything else I love. So I spend time with my therapist and we'll go through a certain situation that's caused trauma to me. You know, it could be childhood. It could be a week ago. And what it is, is you talk through all the ugly things that you feel about that, all the stories that you have about that. And we create stories. We create our own lens of reality that other people may not have seen. So you test those theories of, can you know that for certain that this person did that with this ill intent? you know, whatever the situation is, you kind of put it under the microscope and you put all your ugly stories out there to bear. And then second half of it is really examining that and flipping it so that you are dropping the story. And then these people that have hurt you, you end up having compassion and admiration for because these stories aren't true. We can't know these stories for certain. We're making these stories in our head. You know, even if it's abuse or something like that, a lot of times it can be because they had something else going on. It's not about you. It's, you know, it's, you're making it about you, but it's not. And sometimes these people that may seem abusive, maybe they're ill-equipped, you know, so you you just dive in and, and you really start to see the humanity and the people around you. And you start to see how you create your stories uh, all the time. And how those stories can really uh, limit you and create prisons for us. And to shed that skin in the snake is to be able to become the condor. You know, like it just allows you to step out of that prison. And it's really transformative. It's a wonderful exercise to go through. You, You can check it out on her website. She's been doing this for over 20 years. I know that. Um, She's very popular. And for good reason, a a lot of people that I think have been in abusive uh, situations, it can really turn things around for them and and allow them the freedom to just move on from these stories and not continue to seek abuse. As you see that pattern repeat itself. And a lot of times that's you, you know, going down that path and feeling comfort in that path, holding on to your stories. Yeah. For anyone that's listening, if you're not familiar with her work, it was the first time I'd been introduced. I was listening to Lewis Howes' School of Greatness and had a really powerful interview with her. He always does a great job with interviews. And so, you know, I think all of us have stuff, you know, from our childhood that we're dealing with. I have a parent who was emotionally and physically abusive and also an alcoholic, and I've learned to give him grace, but doing the work as we referred to doing the work has allowed me to view my father very differently and have tremendous compassion, as you mentioned, and has led me to sit in a bit of grace. Like I'm at peace. And the more I realize, the more I invest in letting go of those traumas, you know, micro traumas, major traumas, however we want to define them, the more present I am, the more accessible I am for my children and my husband. And obviously 
you know, the clients that I work with. So it's such a gift. So if you haven't been familiarized with her work, go check it out. But let's pivot a little bit. You know, you alluded to a bit about your story. And that's typically where I like to start when I bring my guests on because it's really influences us and, you know, our trajectory of our lives. So you had mentioned you had some health issues, and I'm sure that probably was a powerful impetus to, you know, investigate some of the things that you're well known for now. So please share a little bit about where that stemmed from, what actually happened and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, thank you. I grew up in a chaotic home. My brothers both ran away at a fairly early age. And then also at school, I was bullied a ton. I had big legs and a large rear end, which as a boy was just just brutal. I was always last picked. I was always laughed at even by teachers. And it took a toll on me mentally. And I kind of kept self-soothing with you know, video games and junk food and all those things, kind of going into my own world. And the sugar was wonderful to me. And at the same time, I was getting very obese. And that just led to me being laughed at and bullied even more and, and having lower self-esteem. It wasn't until college that I started working out and looking into diets and getting into things like creatine and protein. Uh, creatine had just come out and I was getting good results in the gym. My body was changing. And I went to the doctor for a physical in between my sophomore and junior year in business school. And I was telling him about all my excitement around supplements and working out. And, and he turned to me and drew out this lifeline between 20 and 80. And he said, why not be happy between here and here? And I was like, whoa, did he just give me permission to go pursue this as my life path? And as a medical doctor, like that was, you know, powerful advice. And I took it seriously. No one else in my life was telling me that. And so he radically changed my life path that day. And I decided to go do that for a living. And my goal was to be a supplement formulator, which seems so niche. You know, for all I knew, there was probably two people in the world doing that for a living. But I was like, hey, that's what I want to do. And so I finished up my business degree. And my goal was my parents were down in North Carolina so I could get in-state tuition. My dream was to go to UNC Chapel Hill to get my master's in nutrition, biochemistry, and I was on my way, I thought, with my dream. I needed about, it was less than two years I needed to get all this done, all the prereqs, all the sciences. And it was about 26 credit hours a semester of sciences. And I went into the guidance counselor at UNCG, UNC Greensboro, and I told him about my dream and he just laughed at me. He said, you're a business student and you'll fail and fail miserably. And he said, you're not even in that good of shape. And I went out of there crying. And that night I almost killed myself with alcohol and pills because, you know, for two years I was very focused on my dream and he nearly took it away from me and almost took my life like with it, you know? So, and again, maybe Byron Katie would say like, that wasn't his intention and I'm sure it wasn't, but I also think about how many like how words can impact us both ways, right? Like he took away my dream to some degree while this other guy granted it. And, you know, there, there's an incredible power of words that sometimes I don't think we realize that we have on other people. And 
Luckily, I didn't take my life. It strengthened my resolve. I decided to put everything on a credit card and I'm just going to do it. And I made it out of there with straight A's. I thought about him every day. It actually kept me on my path because I didn't uh, go out and party all those times. I didn't you know, go out with my friends all the time. I was like focused on that. And I got into Chapel Hill and it was a blessing. And I was on my way there again. But when I was driving so hard at Chapel Hill, really working all the time in GNCs and all my free time and then working hard in school, I ended up getting very sick with all these autoimmune issues while I was there. And I got Epstein-Barr, which is also known as mono. I had strep at the same time, fibromyalgia, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, Hashimoto's. I literally couldn't get out of bed for six months. I was in pain and inflamed and exhausted and I couldn't get out of bed. And again, I thought about killing myself because it felt like my dream was taken away again and I would never be able to be a functioning member of the world. I would just be bedbound and and useless as, as I thought. And then I stumbled into the ketogenic diet out of some books and online message boards at the time. And that changed everything for me. It allowed me to get some of my energy back, to not feel as inflamed, to get out of bed and get back to class. And that was a huge shift for me. And then I started focusing more on my nutrition with whole foods, call it paleo, and you know, taking all the right supplements and being a little less focused on bodybuilding stuff and more focused on my health and longevity. And then later on, after I was... You know, joining the work world and really living my dream. I was a formulator at Dimatize, a big supplement company. Uh, this is after I was had about a 10-year stint in dietetics, working clinically in nursing homes and hospitals. So I had my dream job and I was working probably 80 hours a week and I just fall into this so easily. And again, these are patterns that I've gone back to look at uh, this year, but I ended up getting a brain tumor. And again... <laughs> I had to reevaluate. And so that was about eight years ago. And, and then I, I looked at everything I was doing and said, okay, I need anti-stress techniques. I need to work a little less. I need to make sure I work out regularly, but it's not overtraining. I need to do paleo but, and do keto, but not just go on and off keto because I, you know, I get frustrated or I binge. I'm under stress, but I'm going to do like cyclical and targeted ketogenic diets so I can stay on it. I'm going to work with an allergist and look at my blood values. <laughs> and so that allowed me to really, again, clean things up. And then this year, like I said, I've really worked on my mental health and being able to love myself and be proud of myself and not be so achievement driven and not feel the highs and lows. I think I'm someone that's been prone in the past to going all at something and then like falling into these deep valleys of despair and depression. And now I'm feeling so much more condor with my energy where I just feel like I love myself. I'm taking care of myself. I'm pursuing my creative play. And then things are just wonderfully coming into my life. I don't have to have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered 
armor colostrum. And the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armor's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armorous colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced, and it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Today's podcast is sponsored by NutriSense. It combines cutting edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different types of nutrition, stress, exercise, sleep, and where you are in your menstrual cycle in real time. And by pairing a continuous glucose monitor with their app and expert nutritional guidance, NutriSense can help you reach your health goals. And the best part is it's not just a program where they send you the CGM and you have to figure it out on your own. Each subscription plan includes one month of free expert nutritionist support. Your nutritionist will work with you one-on-one interpreting your data and providing customized advice to help you reach your health goals. The last time I had my CGM on, my registered dietitian and I troubleshooted over some specific concerns that I had. And whether you're aiming to lose weight, stabilize your energy, or just feel better overall, NutriSense offers the guidance and support you need. And lasting sustainable change takes time and can be achieved through a longer term subscription. That's why I encourage my patients and clients to consider three, six, or 12-month subscriptions where it's actually less expensive and allows you to not only achieve your goals, but also to ensure that you stick to your healthy lifestyle for the long term. As I've mentioned before, I have found the CGMs I have used through NutriSense to be incredibly insightful, specifically to carbohydrate tolerance. I would not have known that plantains spiked my blood sugar without this information. It's also been hugely helpful for tailoring to workouts and sleep quality. And so for me, even though I am metabolically healthy, I find the insights to be particularly helpful to tailor my lifestyle changes to my blood sugar. Visit NutriSense.io slash EWP and use the code E. WP for $30 off plus one month of free nutritionist support. Be sure to let them know you're a listener of the Everyday Wellness Podcast when they ask you how you heard about them. This is one of my favorite ways to take care of my health and one of my top recommendations for all of my patients and clients. A claw and scrape for them anymore. 
I can just let them come into my world because I've, I've manifested it to some degree. You know, like what you put out into the world is what comes back to you. So I've had some blessings this year of just amazing opportunities just keep coming to me. And as I keep doing that inner work with both my physical and mental health and, and spiritual health, all these amazing things are happening. So, but I'm so blessed that all these health issues that happened to me because it's allowed me to discover so many things. It's allowed me to be passionate. It's allowed me to connect to people around me and have deep empathy and feel like I can help you on your hero's journey and I can be your guide. So that's been a blessing. What an incredible story. And I think it's all about the way we reframe our lives because there's no one that's listening that hasn't had hardship or trauma or, you know, something unhappy or unpleasant occur in their lives, but always looking at how you can reframe it and how you can look at it in a positive way. What lesson is there to learn? And certainly I'm so glad that you, you know, are in a position now where, you know, these experiences have allowed you to be a stronger individual and have the ability to live with a very vibrant, abundant, grateful heart. I think gratitude is really at the basis for so much of, you know, our lives. And yet there's a lot we take for granted until we don't have it, you know, much to your point about health or, you know, experiences that have kind of come into your world. Now you've kind of touched on some of these hormetic stressors, these biohacking things. And this is really one of the reasons why I was so excited to interview you because this is a space that you really excel in. And so for those that are listening, this is a very popular buzzword right now, biohacking, but let's kind of unpack and define exactly what that is so that we can better understand why, you know, these little changes that we can do, these little stressors that we create or choose to bring into our lives can really allow us to live a fuller life. Yeah, quite simply, it's just hacking your biology. It's figuring out these shortcuts that can elicit performance or health gains. So, you know, it can be things that are hormetic in nature, which just means a positive stress. If you look at stress, like really, there's a term allostatic load that relates to our health. That's kind of our stress bucket, if you think of it that way. And the resiliency that we have is based on how big that bucket is. And it allows you to deal with stress on a greater level if you have a bigger bucket. And so training your mind with that stoic thinking, the obstacles, the way kind of thinking allows for a bigger bucket. Training your body to deal with stressors allows for a bigger bucket. And you can be in the eustress area, which means good stress, and or distress area. Uh, which is bad stress. And that's when the bucket's overflowing, right? But use stress is kind of what they'd call like the Goldilocks zone. If you can think of like the bell curve kind of thing where you, you either don't have enough stress and you're not adapting or you have too much stress and your body's overwhelmed and breaking down. And I certainly know the <laughs> that tale where the body's breaking down. And I can tell you just as an aside, if you ever use the word grind, like that kind of Puma energy, like where you're like, I got to be in hustle and grind mode. Hustle is sympathetic nervous system and the autonomic nervous system. Grind is ultra sympathetic. And this is foolish. If you're like consistently going heads down, you hate what you're doing. Your body will break down and it's unhealthy. You need to be in hustle and flow. 
where in the flow state, it's parasympathetic and you rest and digest and you let things come into your world and you balance your life out and your body gets a break and you can see markers like HRV with variability of heart rate, you can see how that's affected. And so we want to be in kind of more of that balanced state. We want to consistently work on adding resilience, growing that bucket, staying in eustress. So you were talking about hormetic stress. That is that positive stress to the right degree to allow us to grow. So think of doing cold showers or even better is when you do something like contrasting, where you might go from a hot sauna to a cold shower or going back and forth with hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold while you're in the shower, because that creates an even greater delta where you can allow for more resilience. You know, things like using uh, blue light in the morning, but blocking blue light in the evening allows your circadian rhythm to stay on track. And that's that circadian rhythm is that sleep-wake cycle. So it's the natural cycle of like the sun and moon, essentially. You know, cycles are absolutely fascinating how we're affected by these, these heavenly bodies. And, you know, women certainly are affected by the lunar cycle. And, you know, have the menstrual cycle that's associated with that. And, I mean, you look at like the tides in the ocean and, <laughs> I mean, that's the power of the moon, right? And so these bodies have an impact on our biology, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And circadian rhythm is really interesting to dive into, but the whole hormonal cascade happens in relation to that circadian rhythm. And so it's very important that you go to sleep on time, create good sleep hygiene, and you create a sleep fortress where your bedroom is literally about sleep and not about entertainment, not about, you know, intense conversations or TV or looking at your phone or tablets or all those things. It should be about rest. So those are just, yeah, some examples of biohacking that I would say and trying to introduce that term hormesis. Yeah. I think it's really important because as we have become a more modernized society and, you know, we have the ability to be up all night and technology's up all night. And, you know, I'm old enough that I remember the TV would, you know, go into, you know, snow mode in the middle of the night, you know, maybe at one o'clock in the morning, you know, there'd be several hours with no TV, there'd be nothing on your TV. And so I think as we become more modernized and we have access to things 24-7, we have stimuli 24-7, we can, under normal circumstances, travel 24-7. I think we've gotten so far off base from the way that our bodies are naturally inclined to wake with the sun and go to sleep when it's dark outside and you know, having you know, all these lights on all the time. Like my family thinks I'm bananas, but this is a good example. You know, when I podcast or if, on, if I'm on with clients, I have special lights that are on in my study. But otherwise, as the day goes on, it's like our home gets darker and darker. And, you know, we're not inclined to have, you know, bright lights on in the evening because we, we recognize, you know, how that influences those hormones, melatonin and cortisol. And I think in our kind of overharried, overstressed, sympathetic, dominant existences, we are so far off base and we're wondering why we're getting sicker and more metabolically inflexible. And so I love that you kind of touched on, you know, cold therapies, hot therapies. And, you know, these are things that people can do from the beauty of their own homes. You know, you can have a whole, a, a hot or a cold shower and, and some people have infrared saunas, but 
you know, our bodies have gotten too comfortable. I think that's really what it comes down to. I'm prepping for a podcast interview I have on Monday and this person's another, you know, biohacker. And, you know, the one thing it made me realize prepping for this interview, as well as that one was we've just gotten too comfortable. Like as a society, you know, we can open up a refrigerator and there's endless amounts of food. We've got you know, more food that we can imagine. There's just an excess of everything. And that comes at a toll on our bodies for sure. Yeah, we're, we've removed a lot of the stresses and gone into a lot of the distresses. Mm-hmm. And we think it's normal to be living in our box with artificial light and artificial reality on a wall, someone else's life. Mm-hmm. We're wearing uh, artificial barriers between our, our feet and the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and we're eating artificial processed food and drinking beverages that are, you know, not meant for us. And it's just a weird existence that we think is now normal. And we think getting sunlight, grounding, getting fresh air, you know, eating whole foods, that that's weird, which is crazy. And yes, to go to bed, like at the right time when it gets dark and to just eat during the daylight hours, uh, like Dr. Sachin Panda's data talks about that, that helps with your circadian rhythm as well. Like we shouldn't be eating at, you know, one in the morning. And there's also like a social jet lag effect, speaking of sleep that happens where if on the weekend, let's say we go to bed normally at 10 or 11, but on the weekend we go to bed at one or two, three or whatever it is, you're literally like taking your body across time zones, essentially, and traveling. And you're creating this social jet lag. And it's really bad for your circadian rhythm and taking years off your life. Ideally, you go to bed on the weekends at the same time you go to bed during the weekdays, and you get up at the same times. And it's important to set your circadian rhythm as best you can. Yeah. So that's, I totally agree with you. That's a wonderful conversation. And it's interesting because back in the old days, I was an ER nurse in inner city Baltimore and I worked nights and I eventually got onto days and could function because I'm not a night person at all, never have been. And then, you know, moved to Washington DC and was on a day night split as a nurse practitioner service. And I remember telling my husband, I think the last night shift I worked was when I was pregnant with my oldest, who's just turned 15, hard to believe. And I recall telling my coworkers, I was like, you know, I'm in my thirties, but I don't know how people do this in their forties and fifties. And there are plenty of people that do. In fact, I oftentimes will have people reach out who are healthcare providers. And they're like, first of all, I can't intermittent fast because I do shift work. I was like, that's BS and that's limiting beliefs. But you know, trying to explain to people the cumulative net detrimental impact of working at night and being awake in the middle of the night and, you know, how that impacts your biology, your metabolic flexibility, and all these things that, you know, can hasten your lifespan, which is really genuinely serious. And let me be clear, I recognize that there are people who their only options are to work at night and in the evenings, but just recognizing it goes contrary to the way that our biological rhythms are designed to actually function optimally. Yeah, there's studies that show that you live 30% less long, 30% mm-hmm. less long if you do that shift work displacement over a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so that's a massive impact. And, and there's also research that shows when you don't sleep enough, like would be typical in the shift displacement, that you are insulin resistant acutely. Mm-hmm. Your brain cells don't take up uh, glucose as well. And, you, and systemically, your body cells don't take up glucose as well. And that leads to 
metabolic dysfunction and inflexibility, where it heads down that path of type 2 diabetes and coronary heart disease and cancer risk and all those things that go hand in hand with metabolic dysfunction. And, and you see dramatic rises in, the, in those disease risks in that population. So yeah, that's, you know, maybe from time to time, it's good to do a little bit so that you do have resilience to maybe stay up late every now and then, but to do it chronically. And this is what I'm talking about is to, to be in that kind of chronic grind mode or fight mode or whatever. That's, that's really not a healthy place to be. That's distress. And that's the allostatic load bucket overflowing. And you are in metabolic dysfunction and inflexibility. And those are scenarios. And that's why keto worked so well for me because it provided an alternate fuel source. People that have balance in their life don't necessarily need something like keto. I'm not like a carb hater, but for me, for someone who's been in that energy most of my life and has trained my body to stay in that mode most of my life, I needed this alternate fuel source because mm -hmm. I was in what they call insufficient cellular energy states, ice, where you just don't have enough energy. And then that leads you down the path of like inflamed tissues and fibromyalgia. It leaves you chronically fatigued, like chronic fatigue syndrome. It leaves you with hypertonic muscles. Like people are like, God, like, you know, you're so tight, like all the time. Like that's being in insufficient cellular energy states. And so you know, something like keto can provide that alternate fuel source and you won't be as insulin resistant mm -hmm. and you won't be as glucose intolerant and you are able to heal your body from being in that state where it just can't make enough ATP, the energy currency for your body. So that's something like for me that was pivotal and is really pivotal for a lot of people. The newest data I saw is 88% of people have metabolic dysfunction. So that's almost like one out of 10 people is actually healthy. Okay. Yeah. You want to be an outlier. I talk about that a lot on social media. I'm like, take great pride <laughs> in being an outlier. But, you know, a lot of what you're alluding to is to the mitochondria, which are the powerhouses of our cells. And what are some of the things that people can do proactively to support the mitochondria? Because everything that I've read when we're talking about mitochondrial dysfunction, we're really talking about chronic disease. We're talking about, you know, accelerated aging. You know, yeah. I just did a talk for an event that I'm doing in November and, you know, I touched on, you know, the anti-aging benefits of, for example, intermittent fasting. Obviously there are lots of things that we can talk about, but it's important for people to understand that once we have mitochondrial dysfunction, once we can't generate proper energy, that's when we start seeing, as I mentioned, accelerated aging, a lot of these chronic and metabolic diseases, because, you know, the spark plug in our cells just can't generate energy. And, you know, I think as I'm getting closer to a big birthday, which I won't say which one, but I'm getting closer to a big birthday. And I start seeing how a lot of my peers, you know, people I went to high school with, how they're living. And I'm just like, wow, you know, some people are definitely still metabolically flexible and thriving. And then some people just look inflamed and bloated and, you know, they've kind of like thrown in the towel. They're like, I'm close to X age. So this is the way things are meant to be. And irrespective of gender, I see it in both genders, but, yeah. you know, certainly a lot of women, you know, feeling like they just have to accept what is. And I encourage them to think beyond, you know, being the norm, you know, we don't have to be the norm. 
Yeah, that's, I totally agree. I see that a lot myself. I'm 46 and I feel like I look, you know, young and, and I feel vibrant. And that's after all that I've been through. But I see people that are my age that look really haggard and, and unhealthy. But hey, I get it. I was obese. I didn't even go into some of the other things I've been through where I've been on the opposite side. I've been anorexic. I went from 300 pounds to 150 pounds wow. uh, where I wasn't eating and I'm 6'2". And, you know, I remember, you know, getting on the scale right after I peed to see if I weighed less, like I was obsessed with it. And then I remember being obsessed with working out where you'd think I look healthy, so I must be healthy. But I was working out four hours a day, every day, like obsessed with. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believe that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bi Optimizers. Masszymes is a full spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product with five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep. We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs 
in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. Being catabolic and not getting my protein in immediately after a workout. And you get into these modes, you tell yourself these stories that no one will love me unless I'm skinny. No one will love me unless I'm ripped and muscular, you know, and then certainly no one will love me when I'm fat. And so, yeah, I've been through it. You know, the healing really begins like with that, that stuff we talked about earlier, creating the, the bigger bucket and, and really loving yourself that allows for, you know, you to lose the weight, to be more efficient with energy, to be even more vibrant in life if that's your approach and that you're nourishing your body and taking care of your body and thinking about how do I honor my body instead of I hate my body. I hate who I am. So it's a very different mindset. But to get into uh, mitochondrial health and how you support that, I'm a huge fan of everything mitochondria, as you can imagine. And really, like, I think mito is the next keto, like in terms of the wave that we're going to get in health. And there's three things that happen when you're in a state of mitochondrial dysfunction beyond just making enough cellular energy is there's oxidation that happens, more frequent oxidation. And again, all these things I'm going to mention are okay acutely. They're not okay chronically. Inflammation and glycation, blood sugar damage. So that happens with that insufficient cellular energy state, that insulin resistance, you know, not getting enough fuel, your body can't keep up. And then you get into the states of damage that are happening. So I think you could radically change healthcare if you just looked at three simple blood markers twice a year. Because to your point, when the mitochondria are not functioning well, or you don't have enough of them, uh, you can actually make more with mitochondrial biogenesis and all these things that stimulate it. You run into faster biological aging over chronological aging, which is what you're talking about. They look a lot younger than their age, or some people look a lot older than their age. And then likelihood of getting nearly all diseases, almost all the diseases are tied to that state of metabolic dysfunction, insulin resistance, et cetera. So if we were to look at hemoglobin A1C for glycation, blood sugar damage. If we were to look at CRP, C-reactive protein for inflammation, if we were to look at oxidized LDL for oxidation, and then I'd probably like to throw a couple more in there like LPA, lipoprotein A for lipids and maybe triglycerides, and then vitamin D is pivotal as, as you're hearing a lot about it with health right now. So looking at those things, you can tell like what's the state of my metabolic functionality and flexibility and my ability to deal with stress and my ability to age well and my ability to stave off disease. But we're not looking at those. We look at CRP once you've had a heart attack. We look at hemoglobin A1C once you're diabetic. 
you know, and that's, it's very frustrating that that's our approach to health is reactive and too late. There's so much that we could prevent if we were having that discussion and looking at these things, you know, consistently and charting them saying, how are you doing? How's your body aging? How healthy is your body? But we're not doing that. And it's a huge problem. I mean, one of my favorites to ask for is a fasting insulin, because oftentimes that's the first biomarker that will shift prior to fasting glucose, prior to hemoglobin A1C. And in fact, I was doing a, a talk yesterday with one of my groups and I made a big list of labs. I said, these are not weird labs. These are not functional medicine labs. These are normal labs. Anyone can run. And these are why you need to really understand them because with knowledge comes power. And I'm a huge believer, the more my patients, my clients understand, the more they can advocate for themselves, the more aware they are. And certainly, you know, it's also, you know, part of the platform for this podcast is that anyone that's listening, you know, the labs that Sean is mentioning are not weird labs. They're not unusual. Maybe LP little a 20 years ago was less common. I know in graduate school, that was something we were doing a lot of research on, but now it's very commonly, commonly ordered and you just have to ask for it. You know, there's, it's not unusual, a test that requires 15 hoops to jump through. It's just blood work and very easily obtained. And so, you know, other things that we can be doing, I know you mentioned microdosing, and I'd love for you to touch on that because that's something that I myself just know a little bit about, but maybe the listeners have never heard about it, but I know that that's part of this like great new frontier where I'm seeing more and more people talking about microdosing. Yeah, it's really fascinating. The compounds that are getting a lot of attention right now, psilocybin, LSD have been shown on large levels to help us heal from trauma with guided therapy, which is very interesting, which is why there's a push to legalize some of these compounds, like including MDMA. But some of the compounds have been researched on these microdosing levels to allow for increased BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, and neuroplasticity. So that means that you can rewire your brain better. As we age, we get into a state of more crystallized intelligence over fluid intelligence, dynamic intelligence. So like in some ways, we're smarter with crystallized intelligence. Like when we do tasks repeatedly, we get better and better at them and find the shortcuts. Like, you know, you have like some way to work and you're like super optimized at it. That's crystallized intelligence. And that way you're smarter than when you were young. But fluid or dynamic intelligence is like the ability to take on new tasks. Mm -hmm. And that gets harder and harder as we age because we have less of this protein BDNF and we have less neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. What that also means too, is that we hold on to our stories going back to the Byron Katie kind of stuff. And we play these loops repeatedly of like, this is the way it is. This is the way it always must be. And so because of that crystallized intelligence, it can almost be like imprisoning. It can be helpful in some ways and harmful in others. What these compounds do, and then there's some other compounds that do this as well. Some of the polyphenols like coffee berry or finding do this as well, but, and also lion's mane, the mushroom has been shown to enhance BDNF. But LSD and psilocybin are being hotly researched, not only for that neuroplasticity and rewiring, but also reducing anxiety, improving mood, and allowing for you to rewire your brain, to go back and not stay in that dark loop, that cycle that's repeating itself. 
and rethink more creative strategies and come up with new ideas. Literally, like when you have these aha moments potentially on these uh, compounds, you're creating new neuronal pathways. You're literally connecting new dots that have never been connected before, which is super cool. You know, and really as we age, I think we find a whole lot less creativity and exploration. And that's why I was talking about it's important to put play into your schedule, whether it's with your kids, whether it's like through a hobby, like doing creative things like music, languages, you know, and these things have been shown literally to enhance BDNF as well and neuroplasticity as you age. So taking on like these new creative tasks is so good for brain health. And the worst thing we can do is just retire and not have purpose and not have play and not have creativity built in. And then our brain just atrophies, literally shrinks. So we need to continue to challenge the brain. And this goes back to that idea of eustress and hormesis, like you were talking about. So yeah, it's exciting. And I love thinking about how it's good for you and your life and good for your health. And that usually is the case. A little bit of both. And I think that, you know, I tell my children that you want to be a lifelong learner. And I mean that inherently. I'm always learning. I have far too many books on Audible. And I think this is a good problem. Too many books on Audible and too many physical books because I just can't learn enough. Mm. I just feel like there's something new that I need to learn to be able to apply it. And when we're talking about neuroplasticity, for anyone that's not familiar with that concept, it's a really cool concept that our thoughts become our actions. And so that's why it's so important that negative self-talk is something that you're actively working on. And, you know, and it's not that you're, it's not that you're not being realistic. It's that you're, you're reminding yourself, like your thoughts become your actions, become your intentions. And so it's really very, very important for us to not be having a lot of negative self-talk. I think it's interesting. You touched on some adaptogenic herbs, which are some of my favorite, you know, some of the mushrooms, do you have adaptogens that you use in your kind of daily existence? I know I have some favorites myself, but I'm always looking to learn a little bit more because that ultimately helps bring, you know, better information to the group. Yeah, I love adaptogens. They're called adaptogens because they help your body to adapt to these stresses that I'm talking about. So it gives you greater resilience, gives you a bigger bucket. And if you look at these compounds, these herbs, throughout the world, they're the most storied herbs of each culture. So if you look at Russia, it's rhodiola. If you look at India, it's ashwagandha. If you look in Asia, it's ginseng. If you look in South and Central America, it's maca. If you look here, it could be lion's meat and some of these compounds. And so it's fascinating to use these adaptogens to help you normalize. It's been seen like if you're someone that's, you know, low in energy or too high in energy, it seems to normalize you. If your blood glucose runs high or low, it tends to normalize you. If you have sleep issues, it tends to improve that. If you have issues of being too wired, it tends to improve that. And it helps you stay in that kind of focused and balanced world of balancing parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems and the autonomic nervous system. So they're wonderful compounds. I tend to cycle through them. It's just my approach to this is just not to use them blanketly every day, but like I'll use one month, I'll use ashwagandha. The next month, I'll use rhodiola. The next month, I'll use lion's bean. I'm just, I'm getting exposure to, to different things and they all have different benefits, but they all are in that class that you're talking about of adaptogens. And 
yes, like a number of them have been shown to improve insulin sensitivity, improve blood flow in the brain, improve IGF-1, improve neuroplasticity and, you know, cortisol and the stress response and all these things. So they're amazing compounds. It's probably my favorite class of compounds. Yeah. They really are. And it's interesting because I only became familiarized with them about six years ago. And yet there's always much to your point, there's always a combination of some adaptogenic herb in my milieu of what I'm taking. And I tweak depending on, you know, how stressed I am. You better bet three months ago when we were trying to mobilize a large home and downsize and, you know, get ready to move into a rental. There was a lot of adaptogens going on now. There's a little less and that's a good place to be in. Before we wrap up today, I would love for you, because I know this is your also another zone of your genius. In terms of supplements, what are some of your recommendations? You know, for a lot of the lay public, they assume that whatever they can find in Costco or, you know, at the grocery store is fine. But we know that ergogenic aids, or at least some of us know ergogenic aids are not regulated by any agency. So where can people go for good quality sourcing? What are some of your recommendations, things that people want to look for when they're going to source a supplement? If someone is curious about ashwagandha or maca or lion's mane, any of the things that you've mentioned, where would be a good place for them to start? Yeah, a great place online. Uh, a friend of mine created this website called examine.com. Yeah, really great website. Uh, everything's super cited there. If you're not someone who wants to delve too deep into the science, there's still the summaries that are there that tell you kind of, here's the nuts and bolts of it. And, you know, here's the summarized version. So you can get either. If you want to go granular, you can go granular there, but you can also get the summaries. So that's a great place to start. And then I like to look at brands that have been around a while you know, on Amazon, there tends to be a lot of these new brands that are the lowest priced ones. And maybe they have good reviews and maybe they're great companies. I love some of the brands that have been around and you can trust, you know, a brand like Thorne on the high end, but even brands like Now and Jero and Doctors Best are very solid brands with good quality control that have been around. And I also look at a few things. There's some red flags for me. If the claims are crazy, like 880% more of such and such. That's not a company I would trust. That's marketing. That's bad marketing. And then also proprietary blends. I'm not a big fan of that. And so you might see on the back of the bottle, this, you know, muscle and brain health blend or whatever it is, and it'll be a proprietary blend and it'll have 770 milligrams of this blend and 20 ingredients. Just so you know, it's in order of descending mass, the ingredients. So the first ingredient in that blend could be 769 milligrams, and that could be the cheapest one. And then you have 19 other ingredients that are all at one milligram, mm -hmm. and that's called fairy dusting. And it's very common in the supplement industry so that you can list all these ingredients and people think, oh, wow, it's got all this stuff that I love or that I've heard of or read about. And it's important to have that full transparency labeling where you have I like, I think less is more, less ingredients, like maybe you have five ingredients and each ingredient has a complementary mechanism of action, which helps when you have a formulator or someone with intelligence putting it together. And it's listing the herb, like the genus and species, it's listing the plant part. It's listing what it's extracted for that the level of the compound that occurs in that, in that herb. 
and then it's listing the dose. And you can go back to those studies like onexamine.com and say, yep, it's in the right dose and the right frequency with the right plant part. Like with ginseng, for example, you want the root. Mm -hmm. The plant body is not nearly as important. The, the stem and the flowers, the leaves, all these other parts, you want the root. So, you know, sometimes uh, you could be at, I don't know, like you're saying, like this place, like that you could buy some cheaper stuff. Maybe it's at Costco or whatever it is. And you'll see ginseng on the label, but it'll just say whole plant or something like that. And that's a way that they're saving money too. And it'll be part of the blend. And, you know, that's just not good practice. And so I don't like to reward anyone that's formulating like that. And that's the reason why a lot of supplements don't work is because of these shady techniques. So again, go with a company that has full disclosure, transparent labeling, that isn't making crazy claims that's been around a while. And then, you know, look at some reviews as well for some of these companies. But I think that would be my advice on supplements. No, that was super helpful. And I'm not familiar with the term fairy dusting, but that will be tucked into the back of my brain next time I'm sourcing supplements for my patients and clients. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed connecting with you today. I definitely want to bring you back because there were so many more questions I could have asked. Where can our listeners find you? How can they connect with you? Yes, thank you so much. And I really enjoyed this conversation as well. And I would love to be back. There's so many things I love to talk about. But they can find me at seanwells.com, S-H-A-W-N. My website has tons of free information, free guides. There's, there's no uh, nothing to be sold. I just love putting out lots of information. Things on like keto, on fasting, fasting for women and how that's different. A lot of immune supplements that are very timely. I put in there things like vitamin D and zinc and vitamin C and mushrooms. I love all those right now. And then you can find me at Ingredientologist, the scientist of ingredients on the social platform. So I would appreciate it. And you can ask me any question. You can DM me, email me, and I will get back to you. And I would love it. Awesome. Well, I will definitely hit you up because I, you know, it's one of those things. There's always questions that I think up in my brain and sometimes you can't find the answers all that readily. Thanks so much for connecting today. Yes. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to Everyday Wellness. If you loved this episode, please leave us a rating and review, subscribe, and remember, tell a friend. And if you want to connect with us online, visit the link in the show notes. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. 
Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.